2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, January 7th, 2022, and I think by now, after the first five trading days of the new year, you've realized that we are maybe uh, in a time of change. Change that can work to your advantage or disadvantage. Now, I know Justin and I have been talking about this, and it, to me, it's kind of obvious. Uh, you, you can, and I, I have uh, our talking point today that kind of will demonstrate a little bit. But, you know, um, change is constant in the stock market. But we have made a major, we, meaning the Federal Reserve, basically, or we, the country, have made a major shift away from very loose money to now going to start tightening. Okay? meaning the Federal Reserve is going to start raising rates. We saw from the minutes this week that they are going to be a little faster than everybody thought, and the market does not like it. That's where you're seeing all that volatility. It does not like the fact that the Fed has changed from loose to start the process of tightening. So that's what we mean when there's a major shift going to be going on this year. You have to pay attention. This is important as you build your portfolio to understand that there is a shift going to be happening and what that means for your positions in your portfolio. Okay, so it just I just want you to be aware of that. Now, of course, if you have specific questions, what that might mean to various stocks or your four hundred one here, whatever—that's what we're here, for. What's we're here for. That's what KPP Financial, why we do this invest talk, radio and podcast show, to help you, to direct, give you direction. So uh, I really do enjoy answering your questions, and be sure that your questions will help many other people out there, not just you. Remember, we're all trying to build a comfortable financial future. On today's program and podcast, we operate with the same mission statement, independent thinking, and shared success, and we will do that every day this new year, as we've done for the last, I think, 1999 when I started doing the show. So 22 years, tends to be 23 years. Before that, Jerry's grandfather, uh, uh, Gerald Klein, did it for a number of years before that. Same missions kind of statement. Okay. that means all the market reporting all our uh, process explanations our educational segments and the stock commentary we'll do that all without a bias of any kind and as accurate as we can now don't make the mistake that we're perfect we're not everybody's imperfect and we are imperfect as well but we'll do our best to give you factual information without any bias one way or another so With no further ado, let's go ahead and start. Bennett, let's talk to Bennett in Georgia. How you doing, Bennett?
0: Hi, Steve. How's it going?
2: Good. Thank you for the call.
0: I um, I was just wondering um, if you could take a look at PHM um, and just let me know if you think it's a good company to get into right now.
2: Uh, it's a really good company. This is Pulte Group, a home builder, builds single-family detached homes, townhomes, condominiums, and duplexes in 40 markets in 23 states. I don't think it's a good time to get into the, this housing market right now. I, I don't think it's a terrible time. But remember, we st- I started off by telling you that the Federal Reserve is making a change, a major change, and that is to raise interest rates. And, of course, that's going to affect mortgage rates, and that probably is going to affect the housing market. Meanwhile, this company is very inexpensive. It's a $52 stock, and they're going to make $9 next year. So their PE is going to be around, what, 4? No, five, 5, and a half, And their five-year low is 4 to 16. That's the range of their PE. It's a very good company, very good company. But I think their growth rate is going to start suffering this year. So, just be aware that if you do buy it, it's not going to be, you know, the, the stock that it was in the last couple of years taken off because the interest rates and mortgage rates are so low. I think it's going to start having the little headwinds. This whole industry, not this company, but the industry, doesn't mean it won't continue to go up. I just think it has some big headwinds in front of it. Thanks, Bennett. Appreciate the question. My focus point today is based on the story behind the headline. U.S. stocks posted a third year of double-ditch gains, but bonds faltered. So, I like to review what happened in the last year and what, and maybe give you a little perspective. What's coming up? So, the U.S. market gained nine and a half percent in the final three months of 2021. So, that's, that's very strong, very strong. How c- will I keep it up and going forward? Other topics I want to talk about. Jobs. The jobs report came out today. I want to discuss it, get some little details on it. Uh, retail investors. What are retail investors doing? It's kind of interesting, A little survey that came up about, especially young investors, the ones I want to focus on. And you know who Muhammad Al-Hurin is? He's a guy that's been around a long time. He used to co-manage the PIMCO fund biggest bond uh, uh, manager in the world, and, and he now teaches. And I think he's a pretty smart fella, and I like to keep track of what he says and what he thinks. And he had uh, three three areas, or dangers, he called them, to the markets this year. So I'm going to discuss that. Those are things I want to talk about. The market was down today. The Dow's was down five points. The Nasdaq was down 144 points, and the S&P down 19. I think you've seen kind of a kind of a split between the Nasdaq and the Dow. Why is that so? Well, the, the, you could kind of pencil in your head that the Dow is only 30 stocks. The Nasdaq is much more than that. The Nasdaq is more concentrated on tech stocks. The Dow is more concentrated on old industry boring stuff uh kind of and it can't it's not all true because these indexes change over time you know they add and delete certain things so every one of them do it so there is a couple of tech stocks in the dow 30 um but i'm just saying that stepping back and taking a look at the bigger picture it's kind of interesting it seems like the the tech stocks, the NASDAQ is struggling here. And the Dow is not struggling nearly as much. Okay? Interesting stuff. I think that I read somewhere today like 49 of the S&P 500, 49 stocks are down more than 10%. I don't know if that really is a, is a telling figure because that's 500 stocks. You know, I think that could, in, the, in this week. I'm talking about this this week. Anyways, we have continued our first, you know, we have done. We're done for the first week of 2021. Trading is behind us. So I bet you'll have find Some financial investment questions for me. Call Talk 888-99-CHART.
0: The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. I
2: have a question About PE ratios. And
0: that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance.
2: If I'm looking at a dividend company,
1: I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year.
0: No question is too simple. I wanted to ask
1: about Teladoc.
0: And each question is an important part of the podcast.
1: My wife has a roller over
0: 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless.
2: That's
1: fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell
0: your friends and family members about InvestTalk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Got a portfolio to grow and protect so get your finance and investment questions together and call steve peasley and justin klein they're ready with their unbiased answers invest talk 888-99-CHART
2: 888-992-4278 let's talk to dan in san diego hi dan
3: hi steve good to hear you again um i've owned hecla for a while And I'm just wondering, is it time to get rid of the gold stocks or maybe uh, stock up on them? What do you think?
2: Well, man, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I've been struggling with the same quandary. Is it time? You know, Because because they didn't really do anything last year. Uh, In 2020, they did pretty good. But starting in the middle of that year, or maybe toward the end of the last quarter of that year, it just started to kind of trickle down and almost... Almost all this year, all it did was kind of move sideways. So, right. you know, do we, do we say, okay, let's give up on those stocks, even though there's good value. I, I have a feeling I'm going to lean on holding on to our gold positions, but slowly start selling them anytime we have a run-up this year. And the reason why I'm saying that, the reason, is the Fed is going to start raising interest rates. I think they're going to produce some fear. And gold raises – gold goes up on fear and inflation. And we still have inflation. It's not going away. So it should – okay, be honest. I think it should have went up last year. I don't understand why it didn't because inflation spiked 6.8% or (laughs) something. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, come on. How much more inflation do you have to have before gold should take off, you know? But you know, I've I've been pondering this and partners this and talking to Justin and the other guys at the office. We think that maybe cryptocurrency is holding gold back a little bit. Money moving into cryptocurrency. And I'm I'm not sure why. That's not a safe haven. That's a very risky haven. But it's also not tied to the dollar. And there's a there's a thought process out there that it's independent from you know, manipulations by the Federal Reserve. and the But I'm, not, I'm having a hard time buying that too. Dan, I'm sorry. I can't give you an answer, but I think we're going to hold on to it for a little bit longer. Okay. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. My focus point today is based on the story behind the headlines. U.S. stocks posted a third year of double digit gains, but bonds faltered. Now, We have had a pretty good year last year, better than I expected in stocks. I expected a normal year, maybe 10%. And we got better than that. What's interesting is um, a fixed income did poorly. And I don't know if that's that surprising. It's just interesting. But the interesting part, if you looked at high yield, did much better than, just a core bond or a government bond for two thousand twenty one. High yield was up five percent. Core uh, government and uh, core bonds were down one to two percent. So that that's kind of a, an interesting switch. And Remember, high yield means high risk. But it may be because they held up so well or did bets better is because that you know these are corporate high yield corporate bonds and riskier bonds, and the economy recovered. Maybe that's a reason. What was also interesting was sectors. Energy, down 55%. Financial services, down 27%. Communication services, down 14%. What were the top areas? Technology, 34% up. Basic materials, up 30%. And real estate, up 38%. So, uh, kind of interesting stuff there. So, what is going to happen next year? This year, I should say. Not next year, this year. I think it's going to be a tougher road because of the Fed raising rates and uh, reducing its bond buying, which is already reducing its bond buying. Therefore, it's tightening the money supply. They seem to be on that path. The minutes just released this week for their last meeting said – that they're going to maybe start increasing rates as early as March. So and before that, everybody thought, well, June at the earliest. And they're going to do three times, probably. Tough. That's going to be tough for the market to say, oh, just shrug that off. It's going to be difficult for it to say, eh, well, okay. You know, it's going to be volatile at the very least. Well, it is an Invest Talk Friday, everybody. We are almost ready to start the weekend here. But my phone lines are open, so we're not quite there at the weekend. They're open for you to call and ask any financial questions you want to talk about. I'll try to give you some good, straight answers. 888 99 chart.
0: Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call Invest talk, 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jay in Fremont. Jay.
0: Uh, hi, Steve. Uh, Steve, I am looking to invest in uh, Citibank. Uh, uh,
1: I wanted to know if it's a good, good buy at the moment. Thank you.
3: Well, frankly, I,
2: I, I'm going to have to say yes. Um, Citigroup, global holding company offering banking, investment, insurance, and credit card services, they're pretty diverse in the financial area, and most people will probably think that, well, interest. if the Fed's going to raise interest rates, won't that hurt banks? No, it does not hurt banks. The thing is that when interest rates rise very steeply, unexpectedly, that hurts banks. But when the banks have plenty of time to prepare for it, they just raise their rates right along, and they just make Money like they always have. The reason why I'm saying yes to this is it's a $65 stock, and they're going to make $10.23 in 2021, as soon as we get their earnings, but then down to $7.87 next year. Well, it's a $65 stock, so that P is going to be what? Nine? Eight? Eight and a half? Nine? Um, And they pay a 3.1% dividend. So I think a very strong cash flow. The only thing I don't like is return equities, only 6%. That seems light. And their sales are falling slowly. I don't like that either. But uh, it's a $130 billion company. And it's a worldwide company. And I think the economy is going to do well this year. I think it's going to do well. And I, that I think will help them. And they're at a pretty good price. I think they can easily go back up to $80 a share. Easy. And they, went, they hit that in 2018, 2019, and 2020, they hit 83. So I think that's an easy move. They're 65, going to probably go back to 80 this year sometime. And thank you for the call, Jay. I appreciate it. On Fridays, I generally make time to fit in a quick rundown of the key benchmarks. So here they are. The two-year treasury yield at 0.86. And three weeks ago, it was at 0.64. So the yield on the two-year is rising. The 10-year treasury yield is 1.74, and three weeks ago is 1.4. So that's rising, too. So both are rising, even though they are squeezing together a little bit, but, but both in a rising channel. That's important. You know what we talked about, inversion of the yield curve so pay attention. Gold price seventeen ninety six per ounce three weeks ago is eighteen oh three. Silver twenty two thirty eight. Pretty much the same as gold. Oil was selling at seventy eight dollars and seventy seven cents a barrel. Five weeks ago is sixty six dollars. Justin and I have a bet. We he thinks it's going to go to two hundred dollars a barrel within the next couple three years. I said I I don't think it will go there. I think it'll go higher than it is now. But anyways, um, national average gasoline, $3.30. In California, it's four sixty five. I think it's easily going to $6 here in California next year or the year after. For a comparison, in Texas today, gas at the pump averaged $3 per gallon. That's very frustrating for me to read, by the way. Okay, uh jobs report came out. There was 199,000 new jobs. That was very disappointing. They expected a lot more. Remember the ADP number? The ADP number early in the week was 807,000. That was their estimate. So that 199,000 was really low. And the ADP only counts private sector jobs, not public sector jobs. So the numbers were way off. The official expected, expected, expected numbers way off from that. At 199,000. Meanwhile, the unemployment rate fell from 4.2 percent down to 3.9. Huh? Huh? The quit rate, 4.5 million. I, I mentioned this earlier in the week. Uh, the, that was the highest it's ever been. It was 4.2 million. People are trying to spin that to be a negative thing. That's not negative. What that tells you is jobs are plentiful because people are willing to quit and they're probably quitting and getting better jobs. As simple as that. Okay, if they that wasn't true, if that wasn't true, the unemployment rate would go up. Of course, we all know that the way they count numbers is, you know, they don't count them exactly the way they should, they are really are. But this is as close as we have to, to getting uh what the numbers are. And one last thing I wanted to mention, income was up six-tenths a percent in December, and it was expected to be up three-tenths of a percent. So income was almost twice as much, increase increase in income was almost twice, twice as much as expected. I don't see any evidence yet of inflation kind of backing off a little bit. I don't see that. I don't see any of that. And I and remember we've said, Justin and I both said we think it's probably peaked at that six point eight percent that happened in November. I think that's the peak, but I haven't seen any evidence that it's moving down, and more evidence that it might be still rising. We'll see when we get the, the you know later on. We'll get later on this month. We'll get December CPI, PPIs, uh, all the other inflation numbers, and that give us a better a better gauge. Okay, uh, let's see. What else are we going to talk about today? Oh, I only got a minute. Got to go. Okay. <laughs> so, everybody, uh, on the next Investor, I have a story behind the headlines, what the Phillips curve says about spiraling inflation, especially in the COVID economy. Justin will look at this story on Monday. For now, I'm Steve Heathly, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART.
1: Let's say Invest Talk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off. Visit Rosettastone.com/today. That's 50 percent off, unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50 percent off now at Rosettastone.com/today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution.
0: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes and be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hi, my name is TJ. I just have a question in regards to. Innovative Industrial Properties, IIPR. It looks like uh, today is January 4th. A lot of insiders have been surrendering a lot of their shares. I'm just wondering if this is reason for a lot of the recent downturn as it's down 30 points in just the past couple days. However, I see the company is still fairly strong and like the sector uh, and real estate moving forward. So wondering if you think it's a good time to add. Thanks and look forward to here on the show. Thanks. Bye-bye.
2: Okay, Innovative uh, Industrial Properties, it's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, targeting acquisition of industrial real estate assets that are used for growing medical use cannabis. Okay? And, again, the reason why it's falling is there's nothing wrong with the company. They're going to make $6.63 this year, 2021. This year, they're going to make $8.96. What's wrong is the stock is $222 even after its fall. That's what's wrong. It's way, way, way expensive. Why is it? Because sales growth is spectacular. Okay, uh, sales in the most recent quarter, September is the one we have, not the end of the last quarter of the year, was up 57% sales growth. Before that was over 160%, then 100%, 110%. So it's growing so fast, that's why the price skyrocketed, okay? Not uncommon, high-growth stocks. And, of course, what are we talking about? This seven days, this last week in trading, we're seeing a lot of volatility, high price stocks going down, uh, the lower-value stocks going up. And so it's just nothing unusual about it. We've been suggesting that maybe it's time to – you know, rotate out of these high-growth or some of the some of the high-growth stocks and into more commodities and value-oriented stocks. And this is the reason why. They're very, they can be very, very volatile. Remember, again, the Fed is changing its position on money. They're going to tighten up the money flow. The easy money is going to tighten up. It's already started, you know, with the buying less bonds, but what happens when they start selling the bonds they have already in their balance sheet? What happens then? That's a more further tightening. Right now, they're just buying less. What if they stop buying at all? And then they start selling. And at the same time, raise interest rates. See, you, 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 you're you dealing with a little, a pretty big shift in what money's, what's going to happen to money. And I think you got to realize what that shift will mean. It will It will hinder, it won't stop high-growth stocks. It won't stop it. But it will hinder them, and they'll probably display a lot more volatility in 2022. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, the Premium Newsletter was uh, finished today, and it will be distributed tomorrow morning. Uh, In the market conditions sections, I explained over the first few trading days, the new year has been very instructive. We have experienced... Strong volatility, the larger more defensive value stocks have clearly outperformed the growth sector, and this is very likely to, to continue. To see it for yourself, you don't have to believe me. Compare relative performance using different indexes that track different sectors of the market. The massive number of ETS that participate in every slice of the market makes it easy. The trend to ease out of growth stocks and into value could easily be durable over the next year, this whole year, okay? Clearly, when looking at fundamentals of companies, a high-growth area is significantly overvalued, Overvalued. while the more mundane companies are not. We believe commodity names have a long way to go in this inflationary environment. For many years, there has been little capital investment in this area. Now, with the demand surging and supply weak and disrupted, money will be attracted to the various commodity spaces. The economy is fine, and the new COVID variant is not going to disrupt disrupt it, though the spread of the virus is fast and spiking. The illness it produces appears to be relatively mild. Regardless, the stock market, the worry concerns what the Fed might do. How fast will it start raising rates? Will that slow everything down or frighten markets so much that they react violently? Thus... When they react violently, where did that go? <laughs> oh, I love it when uh, when new stuff comes in and pushes what I'm looking at up. Well, when 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 the market when with the does react violently, does that scenario cause a recession all by itself, not because of anything else? Crashing stock markets, if that happens, I don't think it's going to. But if that happens, they tend to you know, that they tend to either be in front of recessions. (laughs) You know, so we'll see. In the portfolio management sector, most people know and understand PE ratios. So as they apply to, you know, stock assessments or valuations. So if you manage your own portfolio, PEs are a basic fundamental metric, and the veteran should understand everything about using PEs and how to interpret what they mean. For instance, you should know the trailing P.E., the forward P.E., and the current P.E. of a stock that you're tracking. You should also know the average P.E. for the sector classification for the stock or stocks you own. High-growth stocks, such as those in tech industry, often trade at significantly higher P.E.s than the market. The overall market P.E., as measured by the S&P 500, is around 15 on a long-term basis. But in times of high inflation, it often trades higher And during low inflation, it trades lower. So, kind of interesting, I think. Stock ideas. Okay. Um, Emissions control produced products. This company, um, there's a couple of companies we mentioned here. We always mentioned two possible uh, positions to put on your watch list in the stock uh, ideas section. And this one was... uh, dealing with air quality legislation standards, optimize engine performance, improve fuel economy. The company makes these kinds of things, okay? Um, so and it has a four P, a three. So we think there's, you know, a lot of potential there. I also mentioned a large chip maker that designs and manufactures microprocessors for global personal computer and data uh, center markets. The company looks to be a solid value play at this point with a 2.6% dividend yield. PE is nine. Okay. Of course, I always name names in the newsletter, so you know once you get it, you get you get the you get to see what we're talking about. Finally, the consumer wants section. And we're talking about flights. Have you have you tried to book a flight lately? Have you been looking at the flights? Prices are back up to where they were or higher. So, the goal of finding the cheapest flight, you know, is there's been surveys as to how many days in in advance should you book your flight to get the best deal, okay? And there's periods of days in advance that you should look at to get your best deal. If you're waiting for the last, you know, two or three weeks before you fly, you're going to be paying the most. You just are. But if you go too far out, you don't get the best deal. you go out 100, 180 days, you won't get the best deal. It's in between there is where most of the time the best deals come. And, of course, I give you dates in the newsletter, what days those really are, how many days out from your flight time. So take a look. You know, we produce this newsletter every Friday. Every Friday we provide, I, I think we provide valuable information and it's called the KPP Premium Newsletter. You can subscribe. All you have to do is go to investalk.com and sign up. You'll get the newsletter each Saturday morning via your inbox. Okay, let's bring it back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank, eight 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 ninety nine chart
0: Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Bobby from Atlanta, Georgia. What do you guys think of uh, XPO Logistics? Is it a good time to buy or still probably a little bit more downside? We'll listen to the answer on the next show. Thank you. Bye.
2: Okay. This is uh, provides uh, XPO Logistics, Inc. Logistics, Inc. Provides transportation and logistics services to customers in North America, Europe, and Asia. Okay. And 2021, they're supposed to make, we still haven't got their final numbers in, $4.15. That's up from $1.52 the year before per share, $4.15. Next year, go up more to $4.76 a share. Okay, sales in the right, recent four quarters is averaging about 25, 27%, 12%, 22% in the most recent quarter, and that's September of last year. 35 before that, 35 before that, 13 before that growth in sales. Before that, those the, their sales were shrinking. So, okay, is how's this industry, it's going to do, do well this year? I think it actually will. Because, they, you know, I think the supply chain, they're going to be, they're part of the solution, right? Logistics services. So, hopefully, they're as being part of the solution, they'll have, you know, surging sales and, and earnings for this year. So, $4.78, the stock price is $71. That's the tr- trick here. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a pretty high, pretty high P.E. Uh, range. And, the, you know, pretty high P.E., what is it? C5... One, 15, 16 or so, 15, 16. And the range is 6 to 42. So it's, you know, not on the low side, but lower on the below the halfway mark there. turn equity is kind of weak at 7%. I don't like that. Uh, they have some debt. I don't like that. So there's certain things I don't like about the company. And the question was, is this, uh, has, a, has it fallen off enough to be attractive because it got up to 90 bucks and here it is 71. it looks like it's coming into a lot of support in the mid 60s that's at 71. Um uh, month ago it was at 67 bounced back up now it's coming back down so it's hitting a lot of support right now right where it is mid 60s to 70s and it's at 71. okay appreciate the call thank you Okay, let's, uh, let's make it two in a row. The question came in earlier from Invest Talk listener in Miami.
0: Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Matt in Miami. I just had a question for you guys to take a look at AT&T, ticker symbol T. I really uh, noticed it kind of found some support at $23, it's $26 right now. And I'm already into it with a really small position, but kind of want to get into it a little further. I feel like it has a pretty strong dividends good free cash flow, and I feel like this whole merger with um, Times Warner is kind of devaluating the stock. And I'm a long-term investor, or I buy and hold for a long period of time, so this would be a really long-term hold. Just curious what your thoughts are and getting into this a little more. Thank you.
2: I, I have no problem, as long as you don't have to make it too much, too, you know, too over, over, over in your portfolio. Um, I, I, I do like at and We own at and in some of our managed accounts, uh, it bounced at 22, as you said, going up to 26. It's hitting resistance right now at the 26-27 level. So you might want to wait for a little bit of weakness, uh, and I think you might get it. But I can see it going to the low 30s before it, you know, hits any strong overhead resistance. Uh, it, don't think they're paying that 7.9% yield. That's not going. That's not the real yield. That's what they paid before with Time Warner. That yield is probably going to go down to 4 or 5%, I think. Okay, we'll know better as time goes on because they'll announce their dividends. Um, so we'll see um, what it will be the rest of this year. But I think it, I think it's going to get into the 4 or 5% range at this price. So I do like it. Verizon also had the same kind of action as AT&T you know, as far as bouncing from the bottom. Okay, when people leave, take time to leave an Talk podcast review on iTunes, we want to thank them with the courtesy of getting to their questions quickly. But here's a question that came in earlier. Have a question about INMD stock. I bought it recently, but it's declining now. Should I keep it? Buy more? Now, my first question to you, which I can ask, is, well, why did you buy it? Just because the stock moves down when you bought it doesn't mean it's something you shouldn't own. It means you you bought it at the wrong price. That's what that means. Right? But no one can see the future. You don't know it's the wrong price until after you buy. But I can tell you for looking at it, it's an Israel seller of radio frequency devices used in minimally and non-invasive cosmetic procedures, women's health. It's a $54 stock and gonna make $2.07 next year. 27 PE well why is it so high well because sales growth is very strong that's why so it's again a very high growth stock hidden hitting, hitting the wall they all do at some point everybody now the question is is why did you buy it Do you buy it for long term short term did you buy it for a trade well it's got it hasn't hit bottom yet i don't know where it's going to go uh it looks like the 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 most likely uh, place, there's a spot right in the 50s, in the mid-50s that there's support, and it's 54. So it might bounce from here, but it broke the 200-day moving average. The next level will probably be in the mid-30s. So it's a stock I wouldn't own. Um, It's just something that doesn't interest me. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, everybody, just one. That's to help you achieve financial freedom. And we do that with providing as much knowledge as we can. And the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in, 888-99-CHART. No two
0: portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: Good afternoon, gentlemen, and thank you for your service. My question is, do you use stock screeners? And if so, how would you set up a stock screener going into 2022? I currently use E-Trade and am able to screen stocks based on everything from the basic industry to detailed financial information but I just wanted your opinion on how to most effectively utilize a stock screener and possibly shed some light on your favorite industry plays going into this new year. Thanks a bunch and happy new year. Bye-bye.
2: Okay. When we've been, we have not been shy about what we think will work in the coming year. You know, we like commodities. We like basic materials. We like, uh, you know, uh, I, I actually think banks did so poorly this last year that I think they'll probably rebound this coming year. Uh, stock screeners, we uh, we have our own screens that we uh, develop. Um, we like to download data, and then we like to massage the data through screeners. Now, a stock screener is, what you do is you go through all, you have all the companies out there and all their fundamental information, all their historical information, and a massive database, right? And now you say, well, what do I want to look at? Well, the easiest start is, well, what... First, what sectors do you think will work this year? And, of course, you better have logis- logical reasons why that is so. And you can start with, well, I'd like to start with the sector X, whatever sector that may be. Let's just say banks, financials, okay? Just um, say financials. And then you say, well, do you want big banks or growing banks or you know banks that pay high dividends? So each time you put in a different factor, first you put in a banks in here, okay, From 8,000 stocks to, okay, here's now uh, maybe uh, 500, 600. I don't know how many banks there are, top of my head. Okay, now you say, well, I want the ones that are growing maybe higher than 10% in their sales and 5% in their earnings and pay a minimum of 3%. So, each time you put one of those in there, it gives you fewer and fewer choices, Until you get down to just a handful in which you really then start doing your research. That's what a screener does. Helps you weed out stuff. Okay. And Finviz is a very good free, has a very good free screener. Finviz, F-I-N-V-I-Z. You can play with that. I think it's a very good screener for free. Okay. So, appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, retail investors. There was a survey, a study done on retail investors, and they were broken down by age groups, 18 to 30, uh, uh, 30 to 50, and, you know, they just broke it down. And they found that the, the young people, the 20 to 30-year-olds out there, uh, are, are de- allocating more and more and plan to allocate more and more money to risky investments. This year, therefore, high growth is what they're looking at, right? So uh, what I'm concerned about is I I don't know if they understand how the stock market works. You know, I I don't mind them being risky. I think a young person should take risks. I really do. But they said that they've already taken a lot of risk, but they want to take more in the coming year. And frankly, I think they should take less in the coming year based on, again, the sea change we know that's coming from the Fed. Tighter money will hurt high growth stocks. But I don't think they understand that, or they're not paying attention, or they probably just don't understand it. They don't really know what moves markets, you know, and what moves high growth stocks and what causes them to hesitate. So, and we certainly saw that hesitation this week, did we not? Yes, we did. Okay, uh, and finally, Mohammed Al Harin says there's three dangers in the markets this year. One, inflation. He mentioned the 6.8% rise of CPI at the top in November. Number two, stocks, uh stocks are valued too high. And number three, Rising interest rates. Something we've been pounding on, right? So he's he's a smart fella. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we really encourage you to tell your friends and family about us and ask them, just try us. Try the free download podcast. See if they have any interest. You can get yours at any time on like Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, anybody, everybody can get it. Independent things share success. This is the best talk, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.
3: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.